What's going on? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast, the internet's first podcast. We've been going strong <laughs> since 2011, 12, I can't believe. The beginning of the internet. I don't know why we're still doing it, but we are. We're here for you, uh, patreon.com slash frogcast. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Might talk a little 9-11, might talk a little it, might talk a little Ted Cruz cranking his hog. Uh, we got all the, the newest uh, disruptions in, in the tech space to talk about. But first, let me introduce my pals in studio for the first time in like a month. Mm-hmm. Matt Lee. Yo, yo, what up, everybody? Are you ready to discuss the age of Dan Ninen? Because I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that, too. And the San Diego Hammer, Mr. Joey Avery. Hell, yeah. I am more excited than Ted Cruz coming home to the babysitter alone. Yeah. yeah, and then discovering it's time to fuck oh, my yeah. own baby. That's oh, the twist. God damn. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, that's definitely the most relatable thing that Ted Cruz has ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made him human for a second. I was like, I knew that guy jerked off to porn, and now he's like, Oh no, that was a staffer. And um, sorry. I, I think that's even what's more relatable is not only is it relatable that he found his way to Twitter porn, mm-hmm. but that then he just blamed it on a lowly staffer. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. how I'd play it. Yeah, that's true. I finally see him as a viable presidential yeah. option. Did you uh, enjoy Mike Huckabee's award-winning? Huckabee, sorry. His award-winning tweet about the Ted Cruz? No. Mm. Leave Ted Cruz alone. He didn't like porn. He liked corn. And it was his first overture to Iowa voters for 2020. Sheesh. Case closed. That was damn. (laughs) Holy shit. My God. What happened to the... More like Mike Fuckabee. (laughs) More like Mike Cuckabee. I mean... Oh, nice. That's obvious. That's also where we're going these days. Um, Yeah, more like Mike Hackabee over here. Oh, hey, you know what? What about Mike shut the fuck fuck up of me? Yeah, if I had gotten that right without stuttering, you'd have been laughing. Yeah, it would have been roasted. (laughs) You know, I felt like the right was supposed to be like hella good at memeing and tweeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it really is just Donald Trump. Right. He's, it's, the, it's he's the number one, one uh, shit poster. Well, I mean, maybe there are factions of the extreme right. I don't think anyone thought that Mike Huckabee was going to be sick at memeing. <laughs> like, I mean, I he mean, is literally not. The, he's the funniest one that they got to offer. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks, you know, like... He does. He is pretty sick at establishment. Base, Republican p- politicians are like, oh yeah, everyone knows they're good at memes. <laughs> what well, if you if you listen to, to a lot of people on the right on Twitter, they'll be like, you know what the left doesn't know how to do meme, and I'm just like, who are you talking about right now? Because I feel like it's really funny how often people are like, you know what's wrong with the fucking left or the right, yeah. and they're talking about basically eight different political ideologies right. yeah. and stances. But it's just yeah. like you know everything that I'm not. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Fuck them. They're wrong and terrible it's the lot well the left what, out its way yeah. whatever bad thing i can think of i can find three people online at least mm-hmm. who are really like that yeah. which is always true that's right. true find your own straw man um so a couple people this was the the big thing today uh was um the the bodega startup oh yeah that made you know that made the headline that, so explain that story that that uh put the twitter sphere all a, a twitter Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. there we go nice. terrible um yeah i didn't think it was that crazy maybe it's just because i'm too a nerd to uh like terrible startup ideas mm-hmm. uh but here's the here's the article two ex-googlers want to make bodegas and mom and pop corner stores obsolete now first off 
off. I feel like the headlines is most of the heavy outrage lifting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're like, no, thank you, Google. I think we kind of like no one had a problem with uh, the bodega. No one was like, yeah. you know what sucks? Mm-hmm. Uh, cute little stores on the corner. Yeah, right. right that right. one sentence just sets off everyone who hates tech immediately. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh, called Bodega, this startup installs unmanned pantry boxes in apartments, offices, dorms, and gyms. It promises convenience, but also represents competition for many mom and pop stores. First of all, no, it doesn't, because it's not a thing yet. Yeah, we've had vending machines forever. <laughs> yeah, no, they reinvented. Them. Yeah, this sounds like a vending machine. They reinvented the vending machine. When I say reinvented, I don't mean that they've like like deconstructed it and changed it. I mean they they, they forgot that the vending machine was uh, invented, a thing, right? And then they reinvented. They accidentally reinvented it. Yeah, they reverse engineered it on mm-hmm. accident because yeah. they don't. Uh, know about poor people right 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 i also heard uh that they're going to invent a refrigerator what? that gives you different soda options if you put money in it what yeah my, wow they're can calling it, it re refrigeration can it restock after i buy the 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 can well there yeah be another can there's that- so many cans what that you can get up to 20 different sodas. Wow. Yeah. And then after... And how would it know what soda that I want? Does it do like a retina It's got scan? a computer inside okay, of it. And okay. you press like, a, you know, uh, they do it by grid. So like A1 is on the very top left-hand oh, corner. Oh, that's advanced. That's Coca-Cola. A2... Did the like defense department come up with that or something? I mean, probably. I yeah. don't know. I think Zuckerberg thought of it in his in his off time. Uh-huh. You know, in between uh, hunting big game and running for political <laughs> right, office, right. he was mm-hmm. like, you know what should be and going to people's houses, to, going to normal people's houses in the flyover states to watch them uh, go about their lives. Yeah, he's just like do the, what you would normally do. He's like <laughs> the Kim Jong Un of the fucking. <laughs> he, really he just is. like goes to someone's house and then like watches them farm while he yeah. smiles. Wait, did he do he, this? Yeah, uh-huh. dude. Have mm-hmm. you seen the pictures? Uh-uh. Of I think so. I feel like he has to be paying for all this because no one in their right mind could possibly think that running Mark Zuckerberg as a serious candidate is like a good idea. But yeah, he's been doing like this nationwide tour where he like just takes pictures of himself. What if you like, came up with an with idea? What if you came up with an idea in college and it ended up being the one of the most wealthy companies of all time? Right. You'd probably think, well, I might as well just keep saving the world. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, <laughs> and an also invent a new vending machine. And, and <laughs> an idea about rating the hottest chicks in your class. By the way, that was the original Facebook. Which is, yeah, by I know. the way, the I most saw the Sorkin movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a great idea. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Who need everybody needs that. They so that, here's you, the sorry. Do you want me to go back? No. To the, no. We can, yeah. Let's 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 do. I was just gonna briefly say. Did you know that they have things in college, especially in like Greek systems, where it's like talk about the dudes that you fucked and then like rag on them and rate their performance in bed. And oh then yeah. Other girls can look. I feel it like up. girls have been doing that since time immemorial. No, there was they? a yeah, but not online. Bro. No, oh, there was a was there was like an app a, yeah. called. Who, uh, Zulu, Hulu, no, something like that. <laughs> who's, who's Did they screwed? turn into a content platform? Um, actually, I don't know what happened to them. You said Hulu, so it wasn't Hulu. It was like it was like that. I forget what it was fucking called, but it was like rate the dudes. Yeah, and I uh, and you you could see your rating, but you couldn't see like who was rating you or anything like right. that. If you were a dude, oh, if you were a yeah. woman. You well, could you need see. another it's, program to dox those it's women. It's basically Yelp for cock. It was Yelp for cock. And you know what? At first, I was like, this is horrifying. And then I looked at my rating, and I was like, you know what? This is a These force chicks for have good. a point. They have a point. <laughs> Although one of them rated me, because you could only rate with spe- specified hashtags, which is uh, so millennial, it makes me want to come. But it was... <laughs> 
Did I say cum? I meant puke. <laughs> all right, all right. We uh, saw what you did there. I don't. I didn't see what I did there. Uh, it was a for real Freudian. Well, it sometimes feels like we do all of our shopping on the internet. This is a great frame. Government data shows that actually less than 10% of all retail transactions happen online. Mm. Are we counting I like, food? I like how that's structured as a problem. Like, <gasps> yeah. I also, not enough retail is happening on the internet. Also, uh, I like that they got that data from the straight from the government. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's official. Right. In a world where we get our groceries delivered in just two hours through Instacart or Amazon Fresh, the humble corner store, or bodega as they are known in New York and Los Angeles, still performs a valuable function. No matter how organized you are, you're bound to run out of milk or diapers in the middle of the night and need to make a quick visit to your neighborhood retailer. Your neighborhood retailer. I mean, right. n- not, it's not open usually. Um, Paul McDonald is... Oh, sorry. Go no, no, go. Who spent 13 years as a product manager at Google wants to make this corner store thing of, of, a thing of the past. Why? Uh, today he is launching a new concept called Bodega with his co-founder Ashwath Rajan. Not a new concept. Another Google. Also, veteran. not a real name. Bodega sets up five feet wide pantry boxes filled with non-perishable items you might pick up at a convenience store. An app will allow you to unlock the box, and cameras powered with computer vision will register what you've picked up. <laughs> computer vision. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need computer vision yeah. to tell you what you picked up? Yeah, it turns you into Max Headroom, and this you're like, I, 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 I need some diapers. <laughs> it is funny that the way they frame this article is basically like their vision is to destroy all the bodegas. <laughs> yeah. Instead of possibly that, like, yeah, it might be nice to have a Snickers and chapstick at the base of my apartment. That's right, not going right. to fucking ruin every bodega. Yeah, and uh, and mean, their solution is a vending machine. Right. Like, this is going to change the landscape. Yeah, it's not going to change shit. I don't understand it. Um, they'll they'll slice out a little corner of the market for them, at, at least the ones that survive, because uh, all the anarchists will smash them. The entire which process I am not totally against happens without a person actually manning the store. Ah. Uh, yeah, Un- unmanned. It's like a predator drone for fucking chapstick. I like this. <laughs> yeah. Although they will start making drones that deliver things, right? So isn't this also basically a thing of the past soon too? Yeah, I mean, well, the the drone will have to deliver the the bodega boxes. The whole box? It'll just yeah. take to your apartment? Yeah. Well, no, it'll drop off the box, and then you go to the bodega box, and then you get your retina scanned. Mm-hmm. And then they just look into your heart and then to find out what you need. Yep, and then eventually artificial intelligence takes over and just kills you and uses the chapstick on I its cold it. metal <laughs> mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel nothing. Tell me I'm beautiful. <laughs> this tastes good. For the past- it's making the chap lips worse. <laughs> what a ridiculous invention. Man never deserved sentience. <laughs> Why do its lips not self-lubricate? <laughs> bad design. Bad design. <laughs> For the past 10 God months... God is a comedian. <laughs> I should try comedy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with chapstick? Why don't they make the whole human out of the self-lubricating part? Wow. <laughs> Tough room. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Have you heard about Ted Cruz cranking his hog? 
people say I look like a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. When did the 1998 iMac... <laughs> Start walking around and talking. I'm in so much suspense right now. <laughs> I was calculating the punchline through an algorithm <laughs> to land at the most surprising punch. For the past 10 months, the pair has been testing out the concept at 30 locations around the Bay Area, ranging from apartment lobbies to dorms to offices to gyms. The idea is to preempt what people might need, then use machine learning to constantly reassess the hundred most needed items in that community. Gotta love machine learning. In a sorority house, for instance, young women might regularly purchase pretzels, makeup remover, and tampons. Dick! Damn! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Meanwhile, in an apartment block, residents might regularly buy toilet paper, pasta, and sugar. Machine learning is incredible. Yeah, yeah, they've already decided to be uh, Can you contributing to the patriarchy. Going, going to a vending machine and you're like oh great raw pasta and fucking sugar yeah, <laughs> thanks. yeah. Thanks. perfect thanks, thanks machine learning yeah <laughs> you learn so fast glad no one else here likes ice cream you fucking bodega box <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was pretty bad so it's like people were mad at it i think one of the big things that i got from it was um i feel like it's not ma- anger worthy it's just like this is stupid well, people got like legit mad. They were like, half of it was just uh, outrage over tech culture in general, trying to rethink yeah, the un- the unrethinkable, getting and- getting seed money, getting startup capital to do a thing that already exists, right. And then also uh, calling it bodega, this kind of like uh, loose idea of are they culturally appropriating yeah. the word and are they going to displace uh, uh, he, small business owners? And, and and like a lot of me is like, well, it's definitely competition, uh, but it's also I just don't see I don't see it as being like this game changer. No, you it's know? not going to. It's like vending machines. We already have that thing. Yeah. we're And, and also, I I mean. As as income disparity gets worse and worse and worse, I'm going to be breaking into these things like for funsies. Yeah. So I can't imagine that these things are going to last without... The drones are going to kill you, though. Well, that's the thing. Murder at drones. some point... Is it? Are they going to start creating these like machines like that that have their own security system? So if you try to break into them, it's got like a gun that comes out and just starts shooting. Well, it's just like a beautiful thing. It, it, like the tech industry gradually reinvents uh, things that we already have and mm-hmm. makes it okay for uh, like a, a rich millennial to right, use it. Where it's right, like, right. I'm not going to ride a bus. Yeah, I'll take a cherry. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't want to use a vending machine. Yeah. Find me the bodega yeah, box. Yeah, and exactly. Like, no, no, we have that but there's no i won't eat there. regular sushi find me a pokeball <laughs> yeah. it's like dude i will have a sushi burrito it's sushi but they don't cut it up it's genius yeah. it'll take off yeah finally will you charge three dollars more of course we will i just don't get why this stuff like really pisses people off because to me it's like mm-hmm. yeah if it i mean if it's a really good idea and people use it then i'll get used otherwise it's like this sounds pretty dumb you know why like, it's good c- luck with your fucking business now they have more press than they would have ever had because mm-hmm. there's like actual mm-hmm. bodega owners that are like you know 
There's a lot of a lot of business owners that need like you know more capital and stuff. And yeah. meanwhile, the fucking startup, uh, no, the, the the vending machine, the venture, yeah. the venture cap guys are like, I'm gonna fund these Google guys reinventing the vending machine. Right, it's right. Like, really, that's that the most pressing right, right. problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's and it's it is one of those things where the more and more uh, people start creating startups with these like unmanned things where they're like, we don't need people. All we need is a robot. The more and more people are are gonna start freaking out. Because, you know, we're all going to be replaced eventually by yeah. robots. I mean, that's just the thing. Except for us, because, yeah. like, you can't make bro robots. How are you guys doing <laughs> <Robots>. tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Fraudcast. <laughs> Matt, do you have any special fucking story? <laughs> what? Yes, I do. Here's a new character. Flap, 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 flap. <laughs> Just other robots listening to it. Yeah. I will donate to its Patreon. <laughs> I asked McDonald point blank about whether he's worried that the name Bodega might come off as culturally insensitive. Yeah. There Not- is. What does Bodega mean? Does anyone know? Uh, I don't remember. I always thought it meant a uh, place in New York <laughs> where you buy weed uh, and ramen, but I don't know. <laughs> Not really. I'm not particularly concerned about it, he says. We did surveys in the Latin American community to understand if they felt the name was a misappropriation of that term or had negative connotations. And 97% said no. 97%! He's like, I asked all of my gardeners. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, but I found a way more annoying thing just now, right before we started this. And my gardeners were like, I'm Polish. <laughs> uh, what? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, in less than a week, San Francisco's only hip-hop-influenced cookie dough kiosk. Oh. There's only one? My. God, it gets, oh, it gets better. It gets better. And then it says, it's... Wait, dough, cream? Dough, with a P at the end, pronounced dope. Uh, right. Get it? Dope guessed. with dough. Yeah, dope. Yeah. We'll open its first brick-and-mortar location in the Castro's Myriad Food Hall. Wait a second. Hold on. Uh, uh, the, uh, what are they billing it as? The the first... Hip-hop-influenced cookie dough kiosk. Okay. Uh, I just want to point put this out there. Hip-hop-influenced ice cream and cookies uh, in the mission. Cream, uh, cream, which is C-R-E-M, right? Yeah, Isn't that? yeah. yeah Casual's everything around me. Yeah, cream, get the cream. Cream, uh-huh. cream, cream, cream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that already exists, but go ahead. Um, I seriously thought this was parody at first, and then I Googled it because someone put a screen cap on Twitter, uh-huh. and I was like, this can't be real. And then it's it's actually real. Mm-hmm. It's a millennial-focused outfit. Yeah, with- we, we got that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we Continue. Oh, I just came from the word millennial because <laughs> that's what I do now. With concoctions like this s'more is hella lit, marshmallow fluff-infused dough with graham crackers and chocolate chips, <laughs> cold brew is bay. Cold brew cookie dough with coffee grinds and chocolate chips, and the OG chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh my god! This is the supposed p- to be for me, and I hate it and myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the person behind the hip hop laden nod to unbaked confections, Bay Area native Ke- Bay Area native Kelsey Witherow, a funny young first time restaurateur. I don't funny people really like to that. throw the word funny around just because someone's fucking off yeah yeah, yeah just because yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. weird and they're like i'm fun you're like yeah. no you're telling me that yeah i, yeah. <laughs> I use cutesy memes yeah. i got a lot of signs in my house that deal with wine cold brew is bay yeah what? that's pretty funny if you yeah. think about it yeah even if you don't just because where you, am i just because <laughs> i had a stroke <laughs> 
Just because you use GIFs doesn't mean you're funny. Yeah, right, I know. The GIF is doing all the heavy lifting. Infusing fun into, you're just being weird. You're just going to be one of those old people with eyes that are slightly too big that stares at you. Right, yeah, just like, waiting after every joke. It's the kind I, of funny that's like, hey, you guys want to play cards with humanity? It'll be hilarious. Yeah, uh, you know what it cards is? against humanity. It's, uh, it's uh, fucking, it's this generation's version of just spitting out an irrelevant movie quote at you. <laughs> it's what my dad does yeah. in talking to people except for it's all gifts now it's like hey remember that yep. it's just another member berry really yeah sometimes the gifts are hilarious though so that laughing jew yeah, <laughs> you know, i'm mad at gifts but it doesn't make you funny that, that, <laughs> that laughing jew gif uh, is the funniest gif in the world have you seen that uh-uh. the, oh that uh, is like it's so funny it's just like a very ev- it's from like an anti-zionist propaganda video <laughs> and it's just a laughing jew like <laughs> he's all yeah. like it's great um, and that's the most like wheelhouse internet content for Matt Lee. I know, I know, I know. Really I good. use it. I use it on yeah. a regular basis. Anytime I say something divisive, I put yeah. that on there. That's um, great. I'm gonna read her quote, which I I regret that you're probably not gonna get the full like vocal fry experience that Just I'm sure the, the person got live. Just trying. So you want to know how I became a dope dealer? Withero jokingly Fuck asked. Off. Kill yourself. <laughs> I can't. Wow, wow. This is way more maddening than fucking Bodega. I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, When asked about the shop's theme, she responded with, I was the white girl at my high school who was going through the hyphy movement. I was obsessed with Mac Dre. Oh, Jesus Christ. Cool. Cool, cool. What do you mean the white girl that was going <laughs> right. through yeah. the hyphy yeah. movement? Yeah. That the was one. the most populous the class at my, college, at my high school. What the fuck? I don't mean to surprise you or anything, but I listened to Kendrick Lamar. So I yeah. saw him at Coachella. Oh, that's right. Twice. Yeah. I went both weekends. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have a job, but I am independently wealthy somehow. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I feel like we got through all the... Uh... Oh, that was all the good parts. Did she say where she conceived of the idea? Uh, Because I want to hear Birding Man, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I don't think it's a... uh, As an African-American journalist, hip-hop junkie, and connoisseur of sweets, I'm torn. Cookie dough is amazing. Witherow seems charming and well-intentioned. And I loved Mac Dre, too, but I can't help but tilt my head at this. Yeah, follow that. That's a good... I I can't wait until the reveal that at the end of this we find out after all this time it is Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And here, here's I've the, totally rebranded as a, a vapid millennial like, you entrepreneur. Like, you can, I think, all of us probably at this stage. I don't know, but I think we can all we all like hip hop. You can say that uh-huh. without saying I'm a connoisseur of African American culture. Yeah, that yeah. seems like a no, weird no. That was the journalist for, talking. Oh, okay, Sorry, okay, for sure. Okay. She, who is a black woman? Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Still, uh, that's still weird. Well, I'm yeah, gonna, why do I feel like that it's she like, put it that way? Uh, yeah, it's way weirder that she put it that way. I'm gonna read another paragraph that's really gonna spin the hat around on your head, even though Jory's is already backwards. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which means he'll just be a normie. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Yeah. He'll turn it back around. I have to start playing baseball right <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, unlike most of the city's more well-known chefs and bakers, and this is going to shock you, Witherow doesn't have formal training in the kitchen, and it was only after quitting her tech job that she was able to hone her talents. <sighs> Dude, this is so... What? That's never happened. <laughs> yeah. She is self-taught and doesn't use eggs in her dough. Oh, cool. What? It's, it's vegan or... Oh, please, or she please for, remove... Or she please, forgot. <laughs> please remove the only healthy part of the cookie. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. 
Only sugar and, and water, please. For the folks interested, Dope will officially open at the Myriad September 14th. By then, you might even get to try Witherow's new forthcoming Beyonce flavor. It oh, has, fuck. She's, this, is a, this is the thing about this, though. We're breaking something right you're not now. Even, you're, not, you're not even... She is, you didn't wait for me to finish. It's only going to be okay if it's called Milk Milk Lemonade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it has the taste of lemonade and cayenne pepper. Oh, of course it is. Of course. I, I haven't tried it yet, but according to the website... This dope is fire, bro. Okay. First of all, I just... I, not first of all, just this is my only point that I'll make on this subject, and then we should move on. <laughs> but I have a point this is that. doomed. This is so doomed. And it's so doomed in such a terrible way that I feel bad that it's doomed, but it is unbelievably doomed. Because, uh, I, I mean... They're, they're, they're mad at Bodega for just having the name Bodega and making a vending machine. <laughs> the, the, uh, but pe- this has already been a thing, though. It's already been a thing, but it's never had a brick and mortar? Yeah. I mean, it's never it had a storefront to vandalize. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, is t- it is now is vulnerable to bricks through the window. And mm. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. That's not really what happens. It's vulnerable to the slings and, and but arrows. But it's vulnerable to the slings and arrows of both the wrath of the internet and uh, I believe it is a doomed business because yeah. it's so culturally appropriative. I mean, I mean, it's like it's... You know, it's, can we stop using that term? Because here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Go, go on. Which Everything the- in the world is culturally appropriative. Totally. But... Yeah. I feel like there's a clear um, uh, common sense line where right. it's like you're being an asshole poser right now, right? And she sounds like a dumb asshole poser. That's what. Wait, I'm... can we just call her that? that yeah, well, that's what I think. Right. Because well, the other because you keep trying to we keep trying to draw hard and fast lines between things mm-hmm. by saying it's culturally appropriate, but like everything like is is culturally appropriate. Totally, all the best shit. But the it seems to me that the big difference always is in where people really get mad and draw their ire is. Is this uh, coming from a place of? Uh, is this coming from a place of almost making fun of the culture, or is it something where it's trying to enjoy it? In this Do case, millennials even know anymore? Well, well that's like- the thing. In this case, it is going. I I'm just calling it right now. It is. It is. It is doomed to be. I mean, it may survive because San Francisco at this point, you know, they've I mean, just f- dealt with. I it. think. I think good. it'll go out of business when everybody shows up and then they look at the menu and then they roll their eyes until they die. Right. Exactly. But I, I'm just saying, like, uh, in terms of what constitutes cult- cultural appropriation, like at a baseline, I'm I'm pretty sure that this uh, is going to get that label. Uh, I mean, things get that label whether or not they are. But this one to me is like uh, this is a pretty clear cut case of kind of making a which, clown which, out of Beyonce, <laughs> you know, and uh, you don't mess with the beehive. Which, which Everyone sure, it's knows just that. stupid. Just say it's yeah, dumb. Right. Like, it's not like I'm just humanizing. Ta- I'm it's just, just dumb. I'm just, just telling you what's going to happen. It's just plumb dumb. I know, but it's I'm, like... I'm telling you what's going to happen. We don't need like a whisper campaign yeah, to well, which one of those, fucking stupid. Which one of those broads culturally appropriated the word bro at the end of that article? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. as a bro, yeah, all right? right. Don't, yeah. don't call me. Don't put me in this article. This is my bro Put me in this box. Yeah, Coastal I only like to slam. Yeah, <laughs> sweet box. Yeah, I only like to slam box and eat yeah. it. I, I think it needs to be a more open conversation than it sometimes is. Because totally, like, the internet like a, is like is, a fifteen-year-old, you know, white dude who plays hacky sack mm-hmm. and sells pot and has dreads is not doing that to be an asshole. Right, he's sure. like just grew up in Santa Cruz. It's not his fault. Right, no, you totally. Know, I just, I just feel like we need to take the righteous indignation out of it because it's right. like. And this is not like a moral like, hey, I don't... 
thing. It's just like, all right, you look like an asshole, and the thing you're doing is stupid. And I think we can all agree, yeah, without it making it like you're, a, you're you're fighting against a tsunami, bro. And I'm telling I you know, right now, just join in the wave. No, I'm fine. Oh, gee, if she gets crushed by that wave, hey, just join I don't have in. Here, talk about fucking Mac Dre anymore. Pile on, dude. <laughs> yeah. it's time to pile. Yeah. No, at, it's not. At this point, <laughs> d- the destruction of multiple lives is speaking of the pile- only joy speaking I get. Of piling on, <laughs> it'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yes! Should we talk about former broadcast guest uh, Eric Berry? I don't see how we can't. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, so, Joey, you didn't know Eric Berry. I think he left. Yeah, I was up. looking up the Kansas City Chiefs safety. Yeah, when I when I saw that, That's no, Eric Berry, like a, a Berry with an E. Yes. Yeah this 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 Eric Berry uh, is uh, far less athletic, um, although he does he does probably. Uh, share some traits i don't really know this eric Bear, this other one I, i'll tell mm-hmm. you this guy when he left san francisco uh, the comedy scene he threw himself a roast um <laughs> which is already oof, that's pretty sad right um and it was fun though. it was to, so fun. It was yeah. fun eric berry was uh one of the most hated oh, oh let's fix that that is a terrible noise uh oh, yeah is this good it's better this good yeah, yeah. okay er- Eric Berry was like one of the most hated and easily hateable comedians I think I've uh, people I, that I've ever met. He was someone who it didn't matter how nice of a person uh, you were if you ever met him, chances are you'd be like I I think I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> he was just one of those guys he I would never, bring I never people, I never thought that but I was I mean it's I didn't have the same experiences that certain people. Well, that's have. the thing. I'm used to. I I, the, I I think I'm friends with a lot of very hateable people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm drawn to to hateable people because there's something about them that I'm just like you. Don't care what people think. He also got beat up by like uh, women that he's been on dates on multiple, like, multiple times. times. He would often post pictures of himself with like a fucked up eye or like a tooth falling out or like bloody mouth and go like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I go to a bar. I'm just minding my own business. I'm talking to some people. And all of a sudden, I get socked in the face. And I remember the first time that happened. The first time that happened, I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. The second time that happened, I was like, what? Who? What? The third time, I was like, it's you. It's for sure you. No one gets beat up by women as much as Eric oh, Berry. Oh, dude, I think I met this guy. He came up to me after a show at Milk. I think he still listens to the podcast yes. sometimes. Yes. If he was at, because he started the shows yeah. at Milk. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. like, who runs this? I was like, I do. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I used to. Yeah. Dude. When he so he left to Chicago, he threw himself a roast and he left. Uh, and as he left, he had been, uh, you know, writing. And I gotta give him credit for getting me into Sketchfest on one of his shows, and yeah, getting me into a few things on multiple shows. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I didn't think he was all bad. Uh, <laughs> right. he also, uh, for more background information on Eric Berry, he had a big coming out uh party, a coming out podcast. Did we host yeah, that we, together? Yeah, we, we were on that. We yeah. hosted his coming out podcast where he came out as a former uh, male prostitute, a uh, former male sex worker. Whoa. And, yeah. And we were like, okay, cool. And then we just, I th- we asked him stuff, but we made fun of him a lot. Right. And, then, and like, because it was really fun. 
but also because I was like, hey, we you know we're this is a light fun thing. And then he like kind of tried to make that his angle for a while, and then I was like, oh, this is all just so he can have an angle and it was like kind of a weird thing but i was like whatever everyone's got to have an angle which is too confusing of an angle well that's the thing it's like it, it, it was too confusing because we kept going Better so have multiple angles in that line of work am I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. whatever they paid for yeah. um well th- that was the thing so we were like oh so are you are you gay and he's like no i'm not i was like well bisexual and he was like no not at all and i was like well a little bit i mean everyone i mean you're not a little bit like you know, I, I got to the point where I was just like, it seems like you're weirdly defensive about being called gay. And I understand completely if you're a, a straight person, but you didn't like, he didn't need the money. <laughs> it was right. like one of those things where I was like, part of you has to like, look at yourself and go like, maybe there's part of me that like, it's not like he was desperate for money. He was kind of doing it because he took this class in Berkeley that empowered sex workers. Uh, mm. And he kind of saw it from a, di- a different angle. Anyways, <laughs> he's basically uh, every, like every Midwestern parents nightmare. Yeah. Of what sending, <laughs> sending your kid to Berkeley is going to do. <laughs> it's like, I sent my kid to Berkeley and now he's jerking off dudes with cerebral palsy for money. for money because he took a class. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And, and that was the thing. The Fucking angle liberals. I think the angle would have been is- the angle would have been fine if he had given some leeway to the fact that like like if he hadn't been so adamant about like the point is is I'm not gay but I did fuck men for money for a long period of time because it just made people get confused and I understand people don't understand nuance and stuff like that but like he was very adamant about it and it really it really it made the the angle very strange uh, yeah I'd hire that homophobic. guy for any job a guy who's like yeah I'm not gay but I fucked men because I'm good at what I do yeah exactly like, you can run my entire <laughs> fucking editorial department dude <laughs> so any but like so he wrote this when he left when he left San Francisco he wrote a uh, why I'm leaving San Francisco Francisco essay, uh-huh. um, as many people are known to do. He did this on Huffington Post, and then oh. uh, my "Why I'm Leaving San Francisco" essay is just going to be the article about the dope woman. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mine is just going to be the laughing Jew gif. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's no. All right. Anyways, um, uh, and yeah. So then, so he he moved to Chicago. He lived there for a while, and just very recently, he wrote a "Why." I am leaving Chicago essay and the internet uh, tore, tore him a new asshole. Yeah, I think I saw, first saw it like one of the Chapo yeah, Trap the, House guys posted it. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, what a dumb. And then I click it and then it's Eric Berry's face next to the bean yeah. in Chicago. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. He's also like in the past gotten ripped on by Dan Savage. Like, yeah. Like I said, he is the most hateable person. No, but he's like, like you have to be impressed with his ability it's, it to get ripped on by like prominent it's, people. It's amazing. Yeah. It's because he comes at it from this angle that you're, it, you can smell the bullshit in his angle. <laughs> and so people who are uh, maybe of a similar angle but are not feeling his outrage are going you're not even a re- you're not even what you're claiming to be and you're claiming to take the moral high ground on this so it's like because he's also blonde and like white and it's like so when he leaves a city it's not like oh i need to leave this city it's like here's how this city wrongs exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly oh, that's yeah. and, the worst and so like as a as a person who like i never saw the side of him that uh, did whatever he did to like get beat up by by women um, oh i saw that side of him yeah but i'm sure like i you know Oh, yeah. Uh, but then in this essay, 
like there's a very clear portrait of what that side of him, him looks like oh yeah like from his perspective even though you can still so here I, i'll read a little chunk of that oh this is so exciting uh, i push open the door to the bar the heat stinging as it meets the cold of my face i've been <clears> in chicago <throat> two weeks and have made a habit of going out to bars in the hopes of meeting other bar goers something that was a cornerstone of socializing in san francisco is it? You know, San Francisco, where we go to bars to meet people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone knows San Francisco is cheers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked the bartender for a Lagunitas. I'm impressed that the quirky, indie-leaning Bay Area beer has made it this far across the country. $7. They were four back home. First of all, where no. the fuck yeah. is a $4 beer in and San Francisco? What's back home? At this point, I'm confused that I think he's claiming back home... It can't be San Francisco because there's no way it was four dollars. There's no beer that has. There's no place that has four dollar beer. It's insane to me. But go on. But maybe this was a fluke. Maybe all the promise of exceptionally cheap Chicago living would prove itself true in another bar. A oh. table of four women sit to my right. Beer in hand, I approach them. Hi. So sorry if I'm interrupting. I just moved here from San Francisco. As the woman nearest me turns her back she looks up and sees me then throws up the peace sign to my face and turns away as if to say talk to the hand mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, it's but- 2001 <laughs> <laughs> i can hear britney spears pumping yeah. <laughs> also you approach them like a panhandler right? yeah. but i was too legit to quit yeah. so i kept going <laughs> Yeah, are you trying to meet other bar goers? Are you trying to fuck some chicks? I mean, that's the thing about him. His, like, anyone's bullshit meter is going off in his, like, I'm just trying to meet people. Oh, my God. Like, he has he has a big problem with, with, with uh, kind of not seeing himself. Like, he only sees himself as non-threatening. Right. He can't right. understand how anyone can see him as threatening in any way. He's just like, no, I'm just trying to network with people on their eighth yeah exactly <laughs> it's like me like when, when there was like the uh the anti-nazi protest right. in san francisco for a split second i was like oh man i should go down there and protest and then i like looked at myself in the mirror and i was like no i'm definitely gonna get confused with a nazi because i'm like a muscular like white man i'm gonna wear my military gear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, i probably shouldn't go because i'll just the people will think i'm a nazi yeah and like if i didn't think that i would be more like eric perry exactly yeah. exactly um her friend cedar across from her steps in you moved from san francisco in the dead of winter why it would become obvious in the coming months that moving from san francisco to chicago was a huge point of intrigue we continued chatting about work and other mundanities that can be fit into a minute of conversation but her friend to the right has become visibly agitated she leans over to my new best friend why are you still talking to him she asks, clearly within my earshot I'm just being friendly, she responds. Oh, this is so totally real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nothing about this interaction smells of completely fabricated story. (laughs) Just then her friend turns to me. Just so you know, we're all taken. What did that even mean? What? What What do you think it meant? What? What could it possibly have meant? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Do you think I'm trying to smash or something? Oh my god, I can't believe I confused you in that way. This is just a bar. It's not a... <laughs> this is not oh some yeah, sort of- it's a bar! <laughs> <laughs> we had hardly been talking for 60 seconds, and suddenly our relationship status had become central to my attempt to meet people. Oh my god, it, you it are always so been. full of shit. <laughs> it felt like in that instance I was being told that solidified gender dynamics were alive and well in Chicago. Fuck you. And, oh. I, and I wondered if Steve Harvey and Men Are From Mars were still things here. Oh my god, it's just like, that's the thing, it's like, 
It, Steve Harvey's still doing very well for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still relevant. Yeah. Men are from Mars. <laughs> what are you talking about? But yeah, it's like because because he immediately, in, in order to defend himself, uh, makes it. Hey guys, it's not about about us. It's bigger than us, <laughs> right? It's it's about the patriarchy. It's like no, it's about this you're at a bar. About me trying to smash. Right yeah, now. this is not about me trying to fuck whoever the fuck. It's like and he's put a, you in my spreadsheet. It's like he's a living blog. <laughs> like, it really is. It really is. Oh, bless his heart, though. I could have walked away. I would indeed later learn that meeting people in bars was not done the same way it was back home. But I like using my words. Just so you know, I don't want to fuck any of you. I snapped back. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and there is why he gets beat up. By That's women. What, yeah, that, yeah. That is it, it's shit like that that I'm like, yeah, man. This is why you get punched. A, you should never say that, and B, the only thing that says is I'd like to fuck all of you. Which he later admits <laughs> in the next sentence. Wait, really? She looked aghast. This was not the crestfallen and deferent response she anticipated. What? Are you saying that you don't think my friends and me are attractive? No. No one said that. Yeah, that did not happen. No, it I'm did not certain. happen. Suddenly her words and assumptions oh, were... prove it. <laughs> you, you won't fuck me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I got in a five-way. <laughs> you can't prove it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Suddenly her words and assumptions were reflected back at her, and it was no longer acceptable. I downed my beer. See, he totally, totally schooled her by... Saying he didn't want to fuck her. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no guy has ever like tried to hit on a girl. Right. Like whatever, slut. I'm yeah, gonna right. Fuck you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that what fucking uh, cat callers do when you don't respond? Yeah. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I you want fuck your with stank ass, dry ass pussy, bitch. <laughs> Nothing exudes confidence like telling a group of women you don't want to fuck yeah. any of them and then slamming a <laughs> full beer. Yeah. That he's I've been had kicked out of no better bars than this. Fuck you. <laughs> I dropped to a knee for effect (laughs) Guzzled a beer as it dribbled down my chest Like the cum of a previous profession (laughs) Uh, I downed my beer and left my glass on their table Truth is, I would have fucked all of them But that wasn't the point Wasn't it though? (laughs) Wasn't it the whole point, Eric? It's like, why have to live? Eric, oh, dude. The thing is, what's weird about that is if he was like, yeah, I was at a bar, I was trying to meet some chicks, he'd be like, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah this yeah. is relatable. Yeah, like, totally get normal, it. Normal but he article. comes at it with like, I'm just trying to meet people. Oh yeah. my God, why would anyone assume anything different? And it's like, first but of secretly, all... secretly, I did want to fuck him. <laughs> right, that's the thing. And then you just, I mean, I've never seen someone tell on themselves so immediately <laughs> in their own, like, in their own article. Like, he just immediately is like... I just wanted to meet people, but yeah, I also wanted to fuck them, but I just want, it's like, you can't, you just undid (laughs) everything, your whole story. (laughs) And then he's like, but that's not the point. There's a bigger point to this. And the bigger point is over here, there's a lot of gender roles. Everyone's trying to get married. And it's like, no, dude, you just, you gotta, you gotta chill. Like you, you you know, first of all, don't come up to anyone with I'm new in town. (laughs) Yeah. It's also somebody says, Hey, I'm new in town. I'd be like, well, this guy wants money, and I immediately like yeah, turn yeah. my back, and I'm like, I don't want to hear whatever comes after this. Yeah, and, and, I will at best show you how to use Uber on your phone. That's at if, best. And even if he did a good job of proving the point that he is not capable of proving, is his point that 
the Midwest is still a little different than San Francisco. Right. right. That's they're the happy about that. That's the thing about it. Is like he's con- he he came at it from this point of view that's like, listen, this place. I know it thinks it's hot, but it's not. And it's like, <laughs> wow, dude. Like you just moved there. Like three years into Chicago, or was it three, four years? Yeah, yeah, three years. And and he's like, let me tell you why I'm leaving Chicago. And it's like, dude, you you, can't, I don't know what you. Ex- he's also the best part is he's. I don't know if it was a deliberate joke that he's like, I'm moving out of of Chicago to go to New York where everyone's friendly to strangers. Oh, he's going to New York yeah. now? Yeah. I can't wait for that I, article. And that was the thing. It was like, as you know, as I approached, you should read read the last paragraph. Okay. Uh, just like... I, it, think he, I think he intended it as a joke. I, I, and I don't want Eric to think I hate him. Uh, no, here's he's the always thing. been nice to me. I, I do not hate... I want to make a point of this. I do not hate Eric Berry. I just say... I'm saying bluntly to Eric Berry, if he is listening... You you gotta stop. You gotta stop and just like either that or like if you want to be the heel, be the heel. I guess you're doing a great job at it. But you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and go like, what are other people's assumptions about me going to be? Because I think you think you uh, look and sound like a different person than what people see isn't that a, a lot of the problem though is it seems like a lot of the things that he's saying are almost driven by like well i want people to see me as this like super progressive with it unassuming like so right like he's trying too hard to think about what other people are thinking that he's, he's not even close to authentic right he's trying to like build this little castle of, well like, that's I'm what i'm saying person. yeah what i'm saying is that is that like you need to look at what you are and what you want honestly and i don't think people are gonna completely hate you for it what i'm worried about is that at some point you're going to do a complete heel turn and go mra you are like five steps away (laughs) from like going mra because you know the fact that these women you know don't want to fuck you you somehow you have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to make it about them being some sort of weird patriarchal force <laughs> like you're very close to just like taking the easy road and going wait a second maybe it's because women be bitches you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and that's what i'm worried about is that like this guy that's the easy button M- mra is the easy button it really like, is well, maybe women are just bitches yeah you know why we spent all this time thinking about like the nuances of why and where and whatnot just women are bitches like that is the simple road and i feel like he's doing a lot of work to to not be held accountable for his own kind of weirdness no one gets punched by ladies as much as he does and it's not because the ladies are bad i haven't gotten punched by people as much as well that's the thing if it was dude i'm an asshole yeah exactly it's so crazy to me oh this guy oh this guy i i hope to see him in new york and uh I, i i hope to tell him to his face that you know hey man do you i i just want to know do you want this is this what you're going for mm-hmm. i don't because i really at this point i don't know but uh, all i know is that wherever city he goes to this is what happens <laughs> right and now it's <laughs> happening on a semi-national level <laughs> wherever you go there you are so i did want to move on okay because we got to talk about 9 11 we have to i don't mean the day I'm that ted cruz was cranking his hog on Oh, I God. mean, the movie 9-11 that Matt was apparently unaware of, and I just sent you the poster for it. Oh. And I would I like, to, know I would like to catch your live reaction to the poster for 9-11. Oh, my God. Charlie Sheen. 
Charlie Sheen. Uh, of all the Sheens. <laughs> it's Charlie Sheen um, and Whoopi Goldberg. Also, uh, Gina Gershon and uh, Luis Guzman, which, yeah, by the way... one of the best character actors. Guzman is fantastic. Yeah. Just make him be 9-11, the movie. <laughs> right. I, I would have watched that. Oh, boy. So I saw this movie. I had to drive out to Concord for it. Um, In theaters, September 8th, which is really too bad. That's a shame. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the it opened 9-11 weekend. Okay, good. Yeah. It did time it just right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, other fun facts... Uh, it's from Martin Gigi, the director of uh, Rage and Bull 2. They made a Rage and Bull 2? Uh, it was actually called the Rage and Bull 2. It was called Rage and Bull 2 until he got sued by MGM and had to call it the Bronx Bull. Huh. Uh, and it starred uh, William Forsyth. Oh, good. As Jake LaMotta. Okay. Uh, you know, from the same Jake LaMotta from uh, the uh, Rage and Bull. Right. So that was one of his movies. Um, so he made this one, this 9-11 movie starring Charlie Sheen. And, and they Goldberg. named it 9-11. And, and they, yes, yes. They Which, by the way, I mean, in terms of SEO, good work. Very good. <laughs> right, yeah, right. everything's SEO now. Yeah, um, but also seems a little on the nose. A little on the nose. Um, it was originally, it was based on a play called Elevator. Mm. It's about the... the I like the, oh, that. The concept is it's, it's these four people or five people trapped in an elevator yeah. on 9-11. In the World Trade Center? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And so it's like uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Devil, a.k.a. Elevator. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. By the way, but they should... 9-11. So it's... It, wait, hold on. Does this 9-11 movie take place completely on an elevator? It does, yeah. Oh, Well, I mean, for the most part, hell. yeah. It's like the movie The Room. Oh, my God. Dude, I actually got over, as a kid, I had the biggest fear of heights and elevators, mm-hmm. and I got over that... Well, mostly it was caused by Tower of Terror, but I got sure. over the elevator fear... As I was freaking out in the Twin Towers in New York, wow, wow. the June of 2001. Wow, wow! Did you so. gain it back after 9/11? <laughs> I should have, but uh, I just now I just generally don't like elevators, which okay. I think is common. Okay. Yeah, that is I love for elevator sure. music though. So Good shit. I'm yeah. watching this movie, which also stars uh, Avon Barksdale from The Wire. Good. I like whenever anyone from The Wire gets work. Right. Inside the elevator are Gina Gershon and Charlie Sheen, who uh, Charlie Sheen is apparently like some famous billionaire uh, Wall Street guy. Cool. Um, and he has come to the Twin Towers to sign the divorce papers uh, with his wife, which he hasn't it's a done good role yet. for him. Yeah. <sighs> By the way, okay, can papers. I just guess the ending of the movie? <laughs> you can, but I, I somehow doubt it's going to be right, but go ahead. Uh, okay, he came there to sign the divorce papers. Right. Uh, 9-11 happens. Yeah. Um, he survives. And then he doesn't get a divorce. Go ahead and say spoiler alert, probably, for what Vince is going to say. Uh, yeah, big spoiler alert. Uh, she is one of the 19 hijackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, they finally let women drive. <laughs> 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 you can drive the Allahuat car. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay, so. Normally I just work the Allahu snack bar. <laughs> uh, he, so, look, I mean, I'll get there. I'll tell you how it ends. But I, I feel like I got to set it up a little bit first. Okay, okay. So, Charlie Sheen is this billionaire banker guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, uh, you know, Avon Barksdale, who plays a bike messenger, mm-hmm. is like giving him shit for being 
a billionaire of, for being out of touch like you mm-hmm. don't what do you know about the problems this of the is common ha- man this is happening in the elevator this is happening wow in the elevator. that's crazy how they're sort of like the breakfast club like sure. of 9-11 like they find out about each other's traumas <laughs> that mm-hmm. should be the tagline the breakfast club of 9-11 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't you never forget about me <laughs> <laughs> nice i saw what you did there yeah how could you not um so uh he gets chided by Avon Barksdale, and then his ex-wife pipes up, and she's like, did you know that he grew up, uh, and he would have been working on the docks with his dad and his brothers if he Daddy hadn't... used to work on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> if he hadn't imagined a better life for himself and worked himself to the bone to get it. And, uh, and, like, and, and at one point... Uh, you know, Charlie Sheen's like this Cliff Clavin guy. He's like full of fun facts. Uh-huh. And uh, and someone's like, how do you know that? And his ex-wife's like, he reads six newspapers a day. Oh, damn. Yeah. And then and then later, like Avon Barksdale does something cool. And he goes, hey, did you hear the one about the billionaire who hired the bike mess- messenger? And he's like, what? And he's like, you just did. It's <laughs> like, well, first of all, that's not a joke. But I get so it's got this whole weird like what? undercover boss undertone where it's like the rich guy is actually good and smart and he's the best uh-huh. of the people cool and you shouldn't judge him for being rich so then i cool I, cool so then i'm looking it up <laughs> come to find out the distributor of this movie is the same distributor who put out the three-part uh atlas shrugged oh Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand surprise <laughs> surprise oh my god yeah. it gets be- it gets better it gets better oh, so this is so great so then um and I mean, by the way, we should mention that Charlie Sheen is like a 9-11 truther and he's st- starring in a movie called... Wait, really? Yeah, yeah that's the least of his problems. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is. He also, like, his face looks like clay. Like, he's got, like, a weird, like, chin implants that didn't go right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all kinds of messed up. And I don't want to rip on the guy, but his face is distracting. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And so... Um, Tiger blood, dude. Yeah, so he turns out he's, like, the grand martyr of this whole thing. And uh, everybody gets out of the elevator at the ground floor and he he like helped everybody out and they're like come on and he's like no you go even though like he definitely could have fit through the fucking hole so anyway uh-huh. uh, it ends with the with a fireman reaching his hand through the the elevator door and Charlie Sheen looking up and doing like a sort of Christ pose yeah. as it fades to black when the when the, the, towers, fall, fall. the towers fall. Yeah. So Charlie Sheen is the the martyr mm-hmm. of When 9/11. really it's the fireman who died trying to save right, the right, right, right. So oh. then I'm reading up on this. I'm, re- I'm listening to an interview with the director afterwards because I feel like every what makes a good bad movie is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I hate how the Razzies just picks the lowest hanging fruit like they picked Baywatch as like the worst mm. movie of the year and that's not interesting to me like there's no uh, there's no mystery of how Baywatch got made everybody knows right. how that got made this movie is kind of like a great mystery where you're like whose fucking idea mm-hmm. was this to put like Charlie Sheen in a 9-11 like, I mean just yeah. like saying the phrase Charlie Sheen starring in a 9-11 movie like yeah. everybody's immediately like what well, who are Whoopi Goldberg's people like Whoopi we have this great idea <laughs> right. okay. and she's like if it'll, get, if it'll get me off the view <laughs> 9-11, Charlie Sheen, need we say more? <laughs> yeah. Is she in the elevator too? Uh, she is the... I, yeah, I can't imagine. She's, she's added... She is the elevator she's, operations she's man. She's the voice. She's the it. voice. Oh. Like she's talking to them. Yeah. Because right. she's the, in the works and operations. Yeah, she so did anyway. not spend a lot of time on set for this movie, yeah. but they put her on the poster. So I'm trying to figure out how this movie got made. Uh, the, the $18 million question or whatever. 
and um, I'm listening to the interview with the director, and he's talking about how like the first image he had of this movie was like Charlie Sheen as the banker, as the Wall Street guy. And this so he's like, is it because he well? saw the movie Wall Street? Damn it! Don't step on the punchline! <laughs> <laughs> don't step on the fucking punchline! Oh, sorry. So, so he, uh, he, like, he's like, I'm, not, I'm either making this movie with Charlie Sheen or I'm not making it. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. on the face of it, is completely insane. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. So he, he, Charlie Sheen passes on it, but he's like, uh, you know, this is close to what I want to do. So he goes to a meeting at Charlie Sheen's house, talks about the script for four hours, about like what Charlie Sheen would need from this script yeah. and why, if he were to do it. Uh, more fentanyl. <laughs> If you have a lot of fentanyl, I'll fucking do it. So Charlie Sheen brings like his old friend, this guy who's written like three weird scripts ever in his life, to rewrite <laughs> this whole movie. <laughs> just, so, just so Charlie Sheen will be in it, and then we end up with this movie about Charlie Sheen as like the super genius billionaire mm-hmm. martyr of nine eleven. Fantastic. And then you're like. Why did this guy think that he needed Charlie Sheen to be in his 9-11 movie so bad? And then guy's like, yeah, I just had this vision of Charlie Sheen as this Wall Street guy. I think maybe because of the Wall Street guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yo, I, so the reason you had to char- char- cast Charlie Sheen is because the only person you can imagine playing a Wall Street guy is the guy from Wall Street. <laughs> it, it was either that or Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I, I don't know why. Who knows? Who can because say where inspiration up, it, comes it, it, from? It ended up being holes. <laughs> and it's hard. It's really about family, uh, which is why I got Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. Yeah, I just do all the voices of Whoopi Goldberg. This is the interesting thing, though, is everyone gets so mad when a shitty tech company who wants to build bodegas gets like five million in venture. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Hollywood, yeah, I mean, thirteen million <laughs> or probably more for a fucking nine eleven movie starring Charlie Sheen, where all of the money is going to. Mm-hmm. Charlie you know, Sheen. Yeah. We don't have budget figures for this. I'm going to guess it costs significantly less than $13 million. It was oh, mostly you'd like be wrong. I was just following footage. what you said. You'd be wrong. It's mostly stock footage like and an elevator. They, they, they probably ma- built towers. <laughs> yeah, they have they mass, to build the Twin Towers from scratch. They have mass distribution on this movie. So that was funny, too, because like two weeks ago, I looked on uh, Box Office Mojo, and it said this was getting like a full nationwide release. And I was like, what the fuck? Like... Baby Driver didn't even get like a full nationwide like every wow a lot of uh, you know things were a lot of good good movies are like platform release that get like four hundred theaters. This was supposed to open in over a thousand. Uh, come opening weekend, I had to drive to Concord to see it, and it only opened in four hundred and twenty-five. Turns okay. out, you know that's the distributor distributor behind the uh, Ayn Rand. Atlas Shrugged trilogy. Not a very good businessman. <laughs> yeah, there might be a little bit fly by night. I, I don't know. Oh my god, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I that's the thing. I I will see. I'm gonna see this movie. I mean, I'm gonna wait till it comes out on the DVD. Thing is, it's not like like if you just watch the movie without knowing any of the backstory. It's not like that. It's not tremendously bad. Oh it's god. not good. Obviously, it's, sure. It's just kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's. Google translated like the cinematography is like some of the ugliest cinematography I've ever seen. Sure. It looks like an afternoon like lawyer commercial. Oh, here's God. a good here's a good reviewer quote from a guy Jezebel. He said that although the film fades out with the words never forget, he said, "I won't 9/11, but you've done your damnedest to make me want to." <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Solid. That's a, it's a nice take. Rich. Yeah. Rich Jezwiak. Oh, it's so fantastic. That's great. 
we got to get our our our, our hurricane cor- cor- correspondent. Oh yeah, Orlando resident yeah. Mayor Burnsy on the line. When's the last time we had Burnsy on? It's been a while. This is great. Hello. Is this is this Burnsy? Hi. Will you tell us that you're okay? I'm okay, guys. Oh, oh thank okay. God. It's so good to hear. Where are you, Burnsy? Um, I'm in Orlando. I, I've been I've been on a, on a weird, wild journey the past couple of days. It started uh, as soon as Hurricane Irma made made landfall in the Florida Keys. I, I went to Houston to try to stay at Joel Osteen's church. <laughs> <laughs> Were you turned away, or, or uh, did they allow you in? Turns turns out that was that. Turns out there was a storm there like a week ago, so that was a <laughs> that was a really bad idea. Now I've heard, and I've, I've just been kind of. What have you been kind of? Did he die? What's that? You're you're breaking up on me. We, we, we you got, said we still got terrible hurricane interference <laughs> with with all the radio waves. You said you've been kind of, and then you trailed off. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still. Uh, I haven't slept in days. It's, it's not hurricane related. It's it's the mess. Ah, oh, hmm. that'll do it. Well, all, all you have in a hurricane. I don't know if you guys have ever been through one before, but all all you have in a hurricane is you know, is your loved ones and some dry food and and then just good old fashioned Florida mess. Yeah, right. that's 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 the strong stuff too. Because w- they don't fuck around in Florida when it comes to meth. And for, and whatever you can loot, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Did you loot? Well, I'm I'm terrible at looting. I'm, I'm t- <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, I looted. I looted. Uh, I looted a lot, but I'm terrible at it. And so while everybody was at the Foot Lockers and the and and the big department stores, I just grabbed like sixty pairs of Payless shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you got to keep your feet dry. Everyone knows I'm, that I'm, from World War One. It's important to have enough clogs I'm to last. You guys, I'm sending all you guys a bunch of women's Velcro shoes. Ooh, <laughs> nice. you just you can sell those to nurses and waitresses. Absolutely. So now I've heard. Uh, at Joel Osteen's church, uh, that uh, you can get in there, but you have to you have to take a sort of poll tax before you can be allowed in there. There's a you, there's a grandfather clause and some other some other aspects to it. Is that was that your experience? No, they just they they looked at me and said I wasn't poor enough, and so I, I left and. <laughs> Then I tried to open my own church and charge people to come stay, <laughs> and and that didn't work because because you know I'm terrible at that. So yeah, I just uh, started letting people stay in my house. I had to leave my house. The key the key to a hurricane that nobody ever tells you is you got to keep traveling. You got to keep moving around the state, uh-huh. or else or you'll you'll just get you'll get gobbled up by the Florida hillbillies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you? Uh, it's do like you, Mad Max over there. Are you actually still out of power? No, we got this morning. Okay. I had to suck a lineman's dick for it, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, one of the one of the dolphins, or was he offensive line defense? I hope not. Okay. Now, <laughs> did you guys actually get the brunt of it, or were you just kind of getting like the sloppy seconds? We got, um, I, I actually, 
God, God bless my wife. I actually slept through most of it. So, uh, you know, you, you, you go through enough of these things and it's like, it's like, okay, just fuck my house up. I'll, I'll be asleep for a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got, it. they kept, they kept coast of Florida, which was cool because like the West coast of Florida hasn't had a bad hurricane in a while or some of the cities haven't, but I, I don't want anybody to get hit by a hurricane, but I, I also don't want me to get hit by a hurricane. Totally. Right? So. So they kept saying it was going to go up the West Coast, up to the Panhandle. If anybody in Florida deserves to get hit by a hurricane, it's the Panhandle. That's basically <laughs> Alabama light. Yeah. <laughs> but but so then then it started to cover, and then everyone. The, 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 the funny thing about hurricanes is that all right, you, you see this Category Five storm coming coming at the Keys, and so everybody in South Florida starts to freak out. And uh, I, I was you know I was living in Fort Lauderdale when Andrew hit south florida in, in uh 92 and that, that was some scary shit and i still i still remember my my grandparents lived in kendall uh which is like right outside miami kind of and uh and i remember getting off the highway when we were finally allowed to travel down there and it was the first time i ever saw like real like honest to god racism like <laughs> right up like like all, all people had put like giant signs on their houses that like you know looters will be shot and and like stuff that you know kind of was just I, I won't even repeat, but, um, so it's like, so I, I, you know, I've, I've already seen the worst of it, but a lot of these people, you know, haven't been, in, haven't ever been in Florida for a real storm like that. So you see, so you see the storm hitting South Florida, everyone in South Florida kind of, it's like a 50, 50 split. Like people go crazy and they freak out a lot, but like the real Floridians are just like, okay, cool. Let's get some water and, and, you know, we'll get ready for wind. And then, uh, but Orlando's the best because everyone in Orlando freaks their shit out whether or not the storm is coming. Yeah. So like you you would see, you would see video of people in Miami Publix like our grocery stores, they'd just be shopping. They they'd be getting their normal shit and that's it. And then you look at public like Publix in Orlando, and they're like fighting in the aisles. Yeah. And like, like people are stabbing each other over water. Hell and then yeah. The, that storm, the storm gets here and it's like. You know, it rained. It was wind. My whole backyard got fucked up. But like, I mean, I I haven't seen anybody too bad off in Orlando. Yeah, and you guys. I mean, you're so in it, the you're right in the shaft of the dong, right? We're yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're like the main vein. I mean, we're okay. we're the safest place because we're we're kind of like right right in the middle or for a little bending towards the east. So, I mean, we're not we're not terrible off. Right. So, so we, you, got, we got a good, we got a good, I mean, it was fucking windy. It was scary. Like I was laying, I was laying in the guest bed because the, the toddler was, it was, uh, was, took my spot in the bed. And so I was laying in the guest bed and it was like, uh, you know, remember Seinfeld when he swaps apartments with Kramer, mm-hmm. uh, for Kenny Rogers roasters and he hears the creaking and, and the ventriloquist on me. I mean, that's, that's what it's like when, <laughs> when that wind gets really fucking amped up. But then I fell asleep. So, yeah. Did you, you said a tree actually hit your house though, right? Yeah, it uh we got we've got we've got these like flimsy ass like orchid looking trees in our backyard and so they uh they were goners the second wind hit like eighty plus and so this one hit the back corner of our house and kinda cracked the the siding a little bit, but uh whatever. Bitch ass tree. Did you did you <laughs> did you get the urge to fly a kite? 
No. Why would I fly a kite? Well, because it's fun and it's a good way to relax. It's how Benjamin Franklin <laughs> discovered electricity as well. child in the 60s? <laughs> well, it's something to do. I'm just, I, I'm just spitballing things to do in a hurricane. The other thing I, I would... Oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll go outside and fight people. Well, oh, okay. I mean, Florida does it different than I would, but... Whenever there's a hurricane, I always put a sign in front of my house that says, uh, my white daughter carries no cash so that people <laughs> don't, don't come and loot, you know? I just have a sign want... that says, be careful, I'm racist now. That's what I have. And people go, oh, no. No, it's like, like go, going back to that Andrew story I was telling, like, like one of the signs I remember seeing, because I, I, saw, I saw signs that straight up had, like, N-bombs on them. Mm-hmm. But one of the signs I saw that, like, always stuck with me, because, like, now it's hilarious to me, but it's like white people live here. <laughs> Oh wow! Damn. And I, I was just and, and like and, I, and like it, it always stuck with me because it didn't make sense to me back then. But but now it's like because now I see signs where it's like you know family of five no power no food and it, like on signs outside houses. But now I wonder like does that work? Yeah, is the idea mm. that like a black person who is scared to to loot a white person's home? No, I think it's just that they think that, like, you know, a rescue crew is going to come to them because they're white. Oh, interesting. I don't know what's worse. And if they're both bad, they're both bad. It's probably not a white family at all. That strategy works. (laughs) But if that strategy works, why don't you take it a step further and you get a sign and you and you write black people live here and put it outside of your neighbor's house? So it's so that's that's like that's the kind of fucked up strategy yeah. you, you you start thinking about when you got four days of no power and no TV. I would just have uh, the liberal version of that, which would be I love my Muslim neighbor, and then just a bunch of arrows. <laughs> so just like just, yeah. they're over there, they're over there. <laughs> that way, people are like, oh, he's really nice, and he's probably white. Pick him up. We we had, we had a, we had, we had a joke running that that there, we got, we got a bunch of those houses in our neighborhood that have the signs outside that are like we love black people, brown people, gay people, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, like like fifteen lines of copy to yeah. explain all the people they love in their LGBTQIAFGWQ plus. We we love science and religion, and, and like I just I I keep expecting those to be the houses that are like that get flandered just like completely destroyed <laughs> while the rest of them are fine oh but i thought i thought god would protect me in my flaccid liberalism <laughs> we love rapists and murderers <laughs> all lives matter dull centrists live here <laughs> we respect the algorithm i am a swing state voter <laughs> Oh, we are job creators. <laughs> as long as it's capitalism, it's cool, bro. <laughs> well, that's that's good though. At least people are. Uh, at least people didn't die as much. I mean, I thought this was going to be real bad. Turns out it was just the Bahamas got fucked up. Yeah, like yeah, all the stuff that is. Which there goes my fucking transformation into the petite bourgeoisie. I was about to go on vacation in St. Barts this year. Well, now you can, but it'll, you'll be even richer there. It really comparatively is that yeah. oh is that how it works? I mean the accommodations will be much less luxurious. Yeah, that's the thing I'm. But worried your dollar about. will go further. So oh, I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. I I'm just hoping they get everything. Isn't it clean. Saint Barths? Isn't that what I said? Yeah, no, I don't know. Saint Barths. Saint Barths. Isn't oh, isn't there like two Saint Martins and one has two A's? Like how the fuck are you supposed to differentiate that? When no, you the, the, I th- I think it's the 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 country or whatever is the the total. 
island area is St. Martin's with two A's, and then one of Martin, like regular Martin. Doesn't yeah. doesn't um Martin. what's that guy who owns uh, Richard Branson? Didn't didn't his shit got fucked up? Yeah, didn't his shit get fucked? Like, Poor guy, probably can't afford a new island. I know his entire island he, got wrecked. Basically, he camped out. He camped out in his wine cellar. Yeah, like a and, gentleman. And live tweeted the whole thing. And he got fucked up. Still, I saw a picture of him. Well, you have all that money. He was all. He should have put a sign outside that said "White people live here." Yeah. <laughs> <in> the hurricane. <laughs> Would have just, avoided it. Just hope the hurricane's the like okay. <laughs> you have to put a picture of your white daughter above the door. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. I saw uh, an inordinate amount of people uh, being like thoughts and prayers to Richard Branson, and I'm just like, does he need it? <laughs> right. He lived. You know, not like the people that live on. Uh, right. Caribbean I know. Island. It's a bummer for him. It's really shitty if you like live in Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's a. Bu- but I still feel bad for him. I mean, I, I don't know if I feel bad for it. I think it's hard. I have a, a, a like a hard time feeling bad for billionaires. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just because all I can... I mean, think- I think we were all hoping that it would hit Mar-a-Lago, but... Yeah, I know. Dude, I, I'm starting to think God is on Trump's side. <laughs> like, God is just... He's just having a field day with fucking with our feelings. Well, he is an old white man. That's a very good person. <laughs> God is white. That's his Everyone voting, knows. his voting block. <laughs> Yeah, that's his wheelhouse. He's like the oldest. Yeah. The oldest, whitest man. I mean, he's like a pure beam of light. You guys never landed on the moon? It's just like, but you're God. You know we did. (laughs) 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) Lightning comes down. Where's Hannity? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit, I gotta gotta roll. I gotta go to a show. Oh, dude, shit, dude. Good to see you. Stay safe, hurricane friend. Bernsey. What happened to Bernsey? I don't know who that was, but high five. That was Joey. That was Joey Avery. He's your understudy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Do you wanna Do you wanna stay and talk about Dan Ninen? Because I feel like we gotta get to that. Oh my God, I love that dude. Oh, me yeah. too. Uh, so did he do something? Did he do something new? He got quoted he in a new article. It's just same shit, different day. You know. Um. Matt, do you want to give us some background on who Dan Dan Ninen, Ninen is? The because uh, I think you understand the backstory a little. Oh, more I know, I know I Dan Ninen inside and out. Dan Ninen is Gross. a uh, comedian, quote unquote, and I put and those are the heaviest air quotes I've ever put <laughs> on the word comedian. He uh, he's basically, um, I mean, he's a hack, you know, and whatever. There's lots of hacks, but he's a very special kind of hack. He is a he's the shilliest. Uh, He's the big thing about him is he lies about his age right. and will not admit uh, how old he is, even though there is uh, photographic evidence. There's proof. There's like court records. There's they court say records. he's in his fifties. He's right? in his fifties. He keeps claiming to be millennial comedian Dan Ninen, <laughs> and uh, and his age shifts depending on what uh, article he is being quoted in. I don't know how he is quoted so often. I think there's like a website where you can register as someone who's like a source for if you hey if you ever want to talk to a millennial comedian to quote <laughs> for your you know magazine article or whatever, then here are some people you can hit up. And and he's just constantly quoted. He's he's a liar. He's someone who tried to bribe uh, uh, Mark Maron. Mark Maron into getting on to WTF and like then you know talked about uh, all the cocaine he would buy him even <laughs> though Mar- uh, Mark Maron's in recovery he's like he's just 
he is universally hated in the comedian community, and I personally find it so funny that he is someone who exists. So his latest quote is from an August 21st article on Lady Lux, which is apparently is uh, <laughs> fashion life philanthropy, cutting through the clutter and serving up the essentials to make your lifestyle a little more luxe. Oh, God. And the, the font is pink because, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the article doesn't have a person's byline. It just says Lady Lux because, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Could, could have been written by a robot. Um, headline, overheard real men share what attracts them to a woman. And <laughs> and God knows I've always wanted to hear Dan Nye <laughs> fucking weigh in on this one. Uh, and in the third, he- the first heading is it's in her smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what I love most about a woman is first and foremost her smile. There's something incredibly engaging, endearing, and sincere about a woman who sends me a smile. Says Jim Delicus, an actor and writer. Yeah, so these are uh, definitely just random quotes from whatever. Should I look up Jim Delicus's IMDb page? You really before, should. Before I, I think get... we need to do our due diligence on anyone quoted in this article because clearly they did not. Delicus. Uh, yeah, I would definitely like to see what this guy has been in. Survey says, does he have an IMDb page? That's the question. Oh, he's an actor from Broadway's Finest. Mm, wh- uh, what is that? He's been in uh, Uncle Melvin's Apartment 2013, playing playing uh, Doorman. Cool. <laughs> uh, a Crime to Remember. That sounds familiar. Two episodes, 2014, playing Agent Block. Ooh. Uh, this is Reality 2013, playing Nikos. <laughs> Broadway's Finest 2012, as a vagrant. Uh, Mona, Mona, 2008. Van, Mo- Van, Moana? No, just Mona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mona, 2008, Van Driver. Uh, and Billy Mahoney, one episode, 2001, Rocky Balboa. In the episode, Billy Mahoney meets the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like, I feel bad. This is collateral damage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. This, this guy. He just happened to get quoted in the same article as Dan Knight. He's trying to get work, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, he's just playing the game. You dude. play he's, the game, you do it to it, bro. He out there hustling. He out there hustling. You know, you got to respect the hustle. In uh, the second heading, this is where Dan Knight comes in. <laughs> Intelligence and brains. Hell yeah. Open quote. Intelligence is the most important thing in a woman. Of course, she must be physically appealing, young and slim. Because obviously. <laughs> yeah, because Dan Nonin deserves it. <laughs> yeah. But since there, because, you know, as a 50-year-old. Yeah, as, as a young, slim person himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but since there are many women who fit this criteria, intelligent, career-oriented women are what I see. Oh, I love it. Already he's like, they're a dime a dozen. <laughs> I've dated doctors, veterinarians, lawyers, engineers, CEOs, etc. I'm I am just so positive he has never fucked that I I'd be willing to stake my life on. But I also like the idea of naming all the different categories of women that who didn't stay with you. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. been thrown out of better restaurants than this. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, doctors, lawyers, veterinarians. <laughs> like, yeah. I fucked them all. <laughs> I'm Dan Nine and I'm here to fuck. <laughs> uh, lawyers, engineers, CEOs, etc. What race is this guy, anyways? <laughs> That's his opening joke. <laughs> and the occasional Playboy model, not making that up, bragged Dan Ninen, oh. a 36-year-old New York City comedian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's wonderful. Like, is someone gonna make just like the best movie ever? Like the Catch Me, uh, Catch Me If You Can about yes. millennial comedian Dan Nynan. I mean, he is the most interesting comedian. I kind of feel like, to me. Uh, you know, maybe Eric Berry will someday uh, reach nine and level, but I don't even think Eric Berry has the stones to be to be what Dan Nynan claims to be. <laughs> right. You know, like, because to be Dan Nynan, I literally, there is a three-hour interview on YouTube with this, this podcast. I don't remember the name of the podcast, where the guy is like, it, 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 Dan Nynan is there in studio, and he's like, Dan, we have the proof. We know how old you are. <laughs> How old? Just admit it. And he's like, he keeps going, no, it's true. I'm, I'm 95. <laughs> no, I'm the, like, he will not. Because he's a comedian. Because he's a comedian. Because yeah. like, We all joke about stuff. We never tell the For three hours, that is, <laughs> dude, that's pathological. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And it's funny because he's also a Trump supporter now. Um, <laughs> is he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and it's like, of course he is. To me, he and Trump have the same pathology. Right. You know, they have a clear case of psychology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they got all the psychology. They got all the psychology. But the, it's like the same kind of just like if, if I keep uh, saying exactly what I want to say and laugh about it, I can never be held accountable. Right. It's great. Um, oh, it's wonderful. We, now, now that's not the that's not the quote I read. Oh no, there's another one. Oh, let me read you my quote. Uh, this is some uh, this is someone uh, from. This must be a previous thing that he was uh, he was quoted in. <laughs> it's uh, let me show you. Dan Nynan uh, is quoted. <laughs> quote. <laughs> I'm not one of those comics. Who will make a 9-11 joke? I'm too clean of a comedian to do that. Plus, I was so young at the time, I barely remember it. Of course you were, Dan, because you're only 30-something years old. Oh, it's wonderful. It's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. But that's what that's what's great about him, too, because... So his current thing is the whole, he's the millennial comic, but he remember, he started... He was a Silicon Valley guy. Right. Who quit his job to pursue his dream in stand-up comedy. Yeah. And all he did was sign up for corporate retreats. Yes. Which is fine. Yeah. But then he went on, but then he started, that That was his second phase, was his defense and, and like when people would pick fights with him was bragging about how much money he made right. to speak to a Cisco <laughs> conference. That that's the thing about him. He's it's it's he he lives in this very frustrating world, which I understand the frustration a little bit because it's you know you always want to be relevant as a comic, um, but you also want to you know try to make a career out of it, and so he's doing corporate gigs, which uh, you can only do the as many corporate gigs as he does if you are a one hundred percent clean comic, and you're especially if you're coming from a background where he's already in tech, right? Right. Uh, but he wants also to be a relevant comic. He wants to have the same TV credits. And he doesn't understand why the fact that he makes so much money at corporate gigs doesn't earn him the respect of comedians who bust <laughs> right. their ass every night doing shitty open mics and then do bar shows and, like, you know, try to get in at clubs. He doesn't understand why he's not passed at a club. He doesn't understand. Because he can't get past the idea of money as a yardstick for Exactly, success. exactly. Because he's still got that Silicon Valley mindset. Oh, and also, I mean, we must have talked about this before with Dan Nine and and the fact that he <laughs> followed uh, uh, Russell Peters to uh, oh, right. Yeah, to no, Hawaii. He, no, he, no, he bought. 
Well, first he bought like a website that was like one letter off. of Yeah, Russell, Russell Peters, Peters with one L, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and then recreated the website entirely. Yeah, and then and then, and then changed the phone number. And he would do like a bait and switch where he's like, "Oh yeah, Russell actually dropped out at the last but, minute, but, but I'm I'm his, I'm his opener, <laughs> yeah. and I require uh, less payment than Russell, uh, but of course still a significantly higher payment than he should be getting because Which there's ten dollars in a free beer. There's an endless amount of it's weird that he has so many because he has that one clip of him on canadian tv crushing for five minutes <laughs> yeah um but then he has like two or three like corporate bits uh corporate gigs that he did where he's just bombing so hard <laughs> that it's like dude you don't have to release this and more so if this is someone else's channel tell him to take it down what are you doing like i've never seen someone bomb so hard and it's like uh it's it's really just wonderful. Um, he followed Russell Peters to Hawaii or some random destination and was like, hey, can I, uh, I'm in town. Can I open for you? And Russell was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And then uh, Russell, I guess, was also emceeing his own, uh, his own show or, or something like that. So uh, when he brought him up for a guest set, he goes, uh, this guy's hilarious. You're going to love him. Uh, everyone, uh, Dan Ninen, which of course... You know, these are things you say as a host. You're going to love him. He's my best friend. Right, all that right, stuff. Right, yeah. And Russell Peters, you know, mentioned... And, and of course, uh, Dan Nanning takes that clip and he goes, See, I'm best friends with yeah. Russell Peters. You got a mention from Obama somehow? He followed like, Obama into a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, after he did it, he's like, Tell him I'm funny. Tell him I'm funny. And, and then he's like, uh, uh, Yeah, Dan Nanning, hilarious. Really funny guy. And like, that's how you can know... I, uh, can I please... Uh, I'd like to pee out of my dick. Uh, yeah, it's Dan Ninen. Oh, he's just, he's endlessly entertaining. And, mm -hmm. and he's going to make a great Spielberg film. Um, we can finish off with a couple emails. Uh, one of our listeners has been really going down the rabbit hole of um, tech bros who post their morning routines on LinkedIn, uh -huh. which I thought was pretty great. Uh, this, <laughs> um, this one guy is a UX it's a little bit blurred out but it's he's a, he's a UX recruiter at something uh from LinkedIn. I get asked a lot about my morning routine. First of all, no no one has ever asked yeah. you about your morning routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why I implement such a routine just to start my day. Since I was young, I've been immersed in personal development with a big interest in how I can increase my energy, spirituality, productivity <laughs> to hit my goals. All right, by the way, I got to digress for a second here. Yeah. Did, this because is, this past week, um, my girlfriend had a friend in town, and I guess her friend is a big Tim Ferriss fan, mm. and they saw Tim Ferriss like at a bar, at a bar somewhere. Uh -huh. and so she's like, "Oh my god, I gotta go like geek out on on Tim Ferriss." And uh, and and the few of the tidbits that I got was that uh, Tim Ferriss uh, corrected her pronunciation of a Spanish word, <laughs> um, gave. <laughs> Gave a series of of unsolicited restaurant recommendations that weren't that good, <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, and also casually mentioned his tennis el elbow and was like, "Oh yeah, I just started playing tennis and I played I played six hours the other day because you know that's just like that, that's just how I am," Ugh. which is sounds perfect. Ugh. How, for, and, and what, it's weird Ferris. to be a fan. <laughs> Right of Tim Ferriss, but okay. I was like, and I was talking about like not liking Tim Ferriss, and I was like, ah, you know what? I respect what he's done. Like, I respect his hustle as a charlatan. Yeah. And she was like, 
is he from Charlotte? And I was like, I was like, oh, no, no, you know what? Never mind. You know what? Continue <laughs> loving the four hour work week. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's just like one of those things where you write a book where it's like the 17 second work day. And yeah, like, yeah. 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 I mean, it, does, it doesn't have to be anything, but people are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? They're going to they're five a, minute abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're curious. They yeah. want to know. Yeah. And sure. Hey, Why have not? fun. Yeah, sure. Nice work. If you can get it. Hey. Yeah, some someone gave me the four hour body like a couple years ago, <laughs> and I had it, and it's six inches thick, and I was like, "You're a fucking asshole." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the amount of time it takes to read it, it already uh, offsets just a little bit of extra working out. Yeah, um, I will stay fat just so I don't have to open that book. Yeah. <laughs> Since I was young, I've been immersed in personal development with a big interest in how I can increase my energy, spirituality, productivity to hit my goals. Because obviously, you got to be spiritual to hit your goals. Uh, after years of experimentation, this is how I set my day up. 4.30, meditation. 5 o'clock, morning walk, thinking time about the day ahead. I'm sorry. Stop. Is this an email we got sent from a real person? or this? Yes. This is, this is a, a listener? No, no, this listener is oh, is, okay. is obsessed with uh, Tech Bros got uh, it. LinkedIn posts. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Makes all the sense. Okay. Uh, morning, uh, 5 o'clock, morning walk, thinking about the time day ahead. Uh, 5.30, ice cold shower, awakens the nervous system. <laughs> 5.45, write in my journal, which includes gratitude and my biggest ideas right now. <laughs> oh, my God. LinkedIn, by the way, is just Facebook for robot people. <laughs> right. It's like Todd Maffin's Facebook. <laughs> Uh, seven o'clock. I got an email from Todd, or I got like a tweet from Todd Maffin, and I was just too afraid to respond one time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, seven seven a.m. Read whilst on the train. Seven thirty. Start my day he feeling wrote on top of yeah. Why? Start my day feeling on top of my game. Once you connect with your true purpose, there will be a huge release of ener- of energy and passion. He's talking about coming, which will cause you to love getting up early and working on your passions. <sighs> I fucking hate early risers. They can all Me die too. in Me fucking too. fire. They can die forever. Um, and there's another one. There's this guy's Paul something or other who's a director of something. He's got a suit on in his picture, so you know he's important. Mm-hmm. And he's written a, a LinkedIn post entitled, uh, Rules for My Son. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, one. And Burns, you have a son, so you might want to write some of these down. Yeah, I, I should. One. Never shake a man's hand sitting down. Two, there are plenty of ways to enter a pool. The stairs ain't one. What? what, what? Three, <laughs> three, the man at the grill is the closest thing we have to a king. Oh, Jesus Christ. Four. Oh, my God. That's terrible. In a negotiation, never make the first offer. Oh, good. Good, good. Five, act like you've been there before, especially in the end zone. Act like you've been there before, just in general. Anywhere is there. Like, yeah. lie? No, like in the end zone. Like when you score a touchdown, as this guy does when he's doing business calls. I see. Metaphorically. I see. So don't just, spike the football like don't, it's, yeah. like you've been there, you've never been there before. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, I score metaphorical touchdowns on business calls mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, don't spike the football. I I am experienced human. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Six. Request the late checkout. Uh-huh. Seven. Well, that's just good advice. Yeah. When entrusted with a secret, keep it. Oh, good. Eight. Hold your heroes to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little weird. Nine. Return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. That's true. Ten. Don't fill up on bread. Shut the... F- okay, I'm sorry. Eleven. When shaking hands, grip firmly and look him in the eye. 
Bitch, you got a lot of shaking hands advice. Oh, my God. For 12. <laughs> Don't let a wishbone grow where a backbone should be. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, 13. If you need music on the beach, you're missing the point. Yeah. Yeah, totally, dude. Carry t- 14. Mus- carry two handkerchiefs. The one in your back pocket is for you. The one in your breast pocket is for her. Yeah. God, there's this like there's so many assumptions going on about who you're with and what you're wearing at all times. Wear a business suit at a young age. You dress for the job you want. <laughs> Wear a fedora and always remove your sport yeah. coat when a lady needs to cross a puddle. Make sure to read. Read always. Because people got even if you're not reading, have that book open. One day you'll get to it. Wake up early and meditate. Take a cold shower while thinking of your grandma. If you got a best friend, good. Best friends are good friends. A best friend will die for you and you got to die for them. If you're at a restaurant, order the steak. Always tip 15%. Unless I say it's 18%, but always tip 20%. Never tip. On time is late. (laughs) Always show up to a party 15 minutes late and not an hour late like those hip-hop thugs. Like the <laughs> never do business with black people. <laughs> yeah, it just gets progressively <laughs> more white supremacists. Yeah. Uh, the last one. Uh, I'm not gonna read all of them, but like uh, the last one is thank a veteran. Cool, because you know he respects cool, the, tro- cool. Respect troops. the troops. He got that got forty one thousand likes. By the way, I have to start writing for LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there's another one. Oh no, we already got the. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. Are you we looking got, at emails? We got all this. No, we got, he he accidentally pasted the same thing twice. All right. Yeah. Oh, a sport coat is worth a thousand words. Cool. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. No. It makes a thousand sense. I'm, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start using my LinkedIn account just to write daily like lessons for my son thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This is it's actually really inspiring me to 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 get on LinkedIn and just start writing. Always take a napkin from the hostess. <laughs> Never eat cheese before I'll you, I'll noon. Tell you, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do this as an experiment. I'm just going to start. Put, I'm going to pretend like they're completely serious, and I'll, and I'll see. I'll see how much people share them. Oh, you got to and make them as bad as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. Always grab a woman by the hand and never by her ass. <laughs> uh, if you see a soldier, salute. He died for you. Ask him if he's ever killed anyone. <laughs> Ask always ask soldiers how many confirmed kills they got, and always take a picture of their various medals to make sure it's not stolen valor. Rule number twenty-one: Never steal valor. If you get pulled over by the cops, the, your most important phrase is "Am I being detained?" <laughs> These are seven rules. <laughs> For dating my teenage daughter. Oh my uh, god! Uh, all right, so this one's just a this one's just a thank you to Matt Lieb. Dear Frauders, thank you for the good vibes, the laughs, and the hashtag content. I think most listener emails to the Frotcast express gratitude, and this may seem like another one to blah blah blah. All right, enough with the prefacing, guy. Now the main reason I'm writing in, I spotted Matt Lieb in the wild. 
I have been attending local comedy shows for about two and a half years now, mm. have performed only about a dozen times, mostly bad, and they're always bad, and the Thursday Comedy Cabin show is the most convenient for my work schedule. Oh, uh, yeah. The this Thursday is show is, more often than not, local comedians performing for other local comedians, aka every open mic ever, and mm-hmm. a few other bar patrons. So I was partially thunderstruck when in walked last Thursday to find a tall drink of handsome water sitting by himself, Matt Lieb. It was cool to see Matt successfully work a sparsely filled comedy show, and he graciously stuck around after the show to chat with a couple other Frotcast fans and me. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a surreal moment for me because the Frot crew has been an intangible source of joy for years. Then Matt randomly appears, and I briefly chatted and riffed with him and a couple of strangers. Matt was very polite and generous with his time, especially for humoring, humoring three random fans. The next night, I saw Matt kill at the funny stop to a full crowd. Yeah. It made my comedy heart filled with joy to see a room of Midwesterners laugh loudly to Matt talking about eating butt. Yeah, I live my day, I live my life day by day, week by week, feeling like a little bread is growing inside me, saying to me, "What are you doing with your life? This is stupid." Then uh-huh. suddenly, lovable golden retriever Matt Lieb shows up and <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better about things. Oh, Frockcast, why can't I quit you? Anyways, I don't want to simply write in without attempting to tribute some hashtag content. Well, you, we don't need content. <laughs> we got enough content. We got, we got it. Yeah, no, there was, uh, 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 there was him, and then there was uh, another broadcast fan, John, I believe, and and his girlfriend. I'm terrible with names, so I forgot everyone's name. But uh, Lindsay, Brit- Brittany, Late. Oh, I thought, I thought you knew it. No, no was, okay, yeah. So. Uh, but they were all really fucking awesome and really nice. And I love uh, going uh, to a random city uh, to do comedy because there's always a broadcast fan or two in the crowd. Always, yeah. it's like this. This this podcast is just popular that if I wanted to do a tour of the world, you could get three people. I could get every three city. people in every city <laughs> yeah. in this country, and that's almost enough. To make it worth yeah. it. Patreon.com slash Frotcast. Yeah. I appreciate that only three of you downgraded your bid. Uh, After two week. weeks of yeah. no frotting. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I was, hey, man, that was a good podcast, though. Can I just tell you, though? I just, and I, I got to confront you on this. You got to make some more friends. <laughs> you got to, Vince. <laughs> because so? people want their, <laughs> people want their fraught. And like, this is what you do. This is every time. Matt, are you available for fraught? No. Brendan, are you available for fraught? Yes or no. And when Joey, yes or no. And when they're not, and maybe you'll you you won't even reach out to touch other it's people. It's hard, man. You only have chemistry with so many people. I know, like, but you gotta keep you gotta keep going through people. Just see who's there, man. There's not more than two Nelson brothers. Am I right, Bernsey? I just assumed that somebody died, and that's why I got the call tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I, I just, I, it's like I'm more concerned about your well being and the fact that you're not constantly surrounded by new and wonderful people who want to be your friend and want to talk to you about stuff uh, and movies and stuff on a podcast. You just got to make more friends, dude. All right, I'll try. Please, because okay. the people, they want the content. Yeah, but they want you, man. They don't need me. They need Matt Lee. Dude, there's so many me's. Speaking of, there's only one you. Speaking of content. Uh, I felt I, I would be, be remiss if I didn't read a few uh, Brett texts. Oh, okay. Well, from, before from you week. do, we're not done with emails. No, we got one more after this. I'm oh. going to read some Brett texts, okay. and I'll get to the last email. Which okay. is a question for you. Oh. Um, Brett was watching the Apple announcement yesterday, and he sent me like he sent us <laughs> yeah. all, a lot of texts yes, about it. Yes, he did. Uh, first text, extremely Jobs keynote voice. That live footage of cops opening fire on protesters is going to look amazing in 4K <laughs> HDR. Fuck. <laughs> and then the next text. I'm going to put their new phone inside of my ass. 
<laughs> next text. Cram it up in there. Let the pixels get to work. <laughs> next next text, which is all in bullet points. Great contrast. High density. Up my ass. <laughs> and next text. He's literally talking in front of a wall of disembodied faces to illustrate how his robot brain cannot be deterred. And then Brett and then uh, Brendan texted something back uh, that was a tweet about how Apple's new FaceTime uh, mm-hmm. or face recognition software is is guaranteed to be face uh, guaranteed to be racist. Oh yeah, like, yeah. There's, like there's no doubt. And then Brett Brett's text: the machines only respect the triple chins of true gamers. <laughs> Yeah, that facial recognition <laughs> software, it's like, it's just, it's Israeli fucking security software. It's like, at first, it will show difference bef- between Israeli and between uh, uh, the Arab. Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, uh, Al-Nusra, Al-Qaeda. <laughs> like, <laughs> we just make sure we take the face and then we kill. We use most advanced phrenology uh, double points if children. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next text from Brett in in brackets. Goatee recognition complete. Loading waifu protocol. <laughs> I love waifu. Uh, I tease now, but there's a non-zero chance we need speedrunners to save us from their custom murder hardware. Mm-hmm. Did someone get a gif of its horrible insect eyes sliding around to focus? <laughs> and then, and then, like all, all in individual words. You appear to be shredding the gnar, friend. <laughs> Quietly. I see into your bones with envy. <laughs> <laughs> and the next text. Real talk. People should be fucking horrified at the progression of convolutional and oppositional neural networks. Not because they're going to Skynet, but because they show how easy it is to do all the jobs we thought were safe from robots. Mm. They're coming for every real estate broker and marketing guru and all car, car salesmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to train mine to fuck good. E-pimping. Some say the neural net is the biggest sex organ. I say, what if we built it some giant titties? Uh, Brett doesn't like it when I read his text because he's like, "Well, if I'm just gonna, if you're just gonna read my thoughts, why don't I be on the show?" And I say, "Why don't exactly? Fuck you, Brett." Yeah, dude, this dude needs to fucking get out of the bunker already. Yeah, well, they were good texts, so I had to read them. Oh God, he's fucking funny. Um, Final question for Matt: Mm. Taking it down a notch. Very special broadcast episode. Go ahead. Hi guys, I have a Matt Lieb question. My little brother is a heroin addict. Mm. It took me and my family a while to understand how bad it's gotten, but it's gotten pretty bad. I just got back from abducting his homeless ass off the streets of a horrible town 400 miles away. He's the stereotypical 21st century junkie. White, middle class, thoroughly untraumatic childhood. So there's nobody in my life I can ask about this. (laughs) Except for me, who is exactly that. If Matt is comfortable with it, I'd be grateful to hear about his recovery. What made him quit? Is there anything anybody did that helped? Like, actually helped? Mm. Or was it something he 100% had to do for himself? I know that's a little heavier than the usual check-in from the Frotcast's heroin correspondent, and if he doesn't want to talk about it, I totally get that. I really don't want to put him on the spot or anything, so if you could maybe run this by him off-air first, nope. Oops. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Nah, it's funny. I appreciate how often uh, when people start asking me about this stuff, they go, you know, I'm sorry. If you don't want to talk about that, it's fine. Because there's, it's, it's sweet, and then there's also there's part of me that's like, oh, you think it's... It's like as simple as like, well, I never really, I haven't thought about heroin in eight years. And now that I think about it, you're right. It was a good time. (laughs) What am I doing? And then I immediately go off on a bender. No, uh, I don't mind uh, uh, talking about it. 
Ja. I don't mind stealing bread. Um, I from the miles of heroin. I, <laughs> I would, uh, yeah. So that's a bummer. Um, the things that you can do. I mean, here's the thing. I got uh my shit together uh because I was simultaneously uh um friends with a bunch of people who um weren't heroin addicts and didn't want me to be one and were like trying to make me not and I was trying to like keep it together for them but then I started doing it kind of like behind their backs and then when they found out um they kind of watched their hands of me and for me it was like that was a big traumatic experience so for me what it took um was realizing like that uh you know it it was like how long am I going to be strung out on my own and uh yeah and and sometimes you need to have that bottom of being strung out on your own with like no friends and whatnot in order to like kind of see that uh you need uh that that you miss people right um the big thing for me was uh those it was going to 12-step meetings because it was like the first time I ever interacted with people who actually who it wasn't like rehab where people are kind of just getting clean or sober for other people in their lives. Like, see, I, c- I completed a program. I'm mm-hmm. cured. Uh, it was like the first time I dealt with people who had like a year and they were like, I, uh, my life is significantly better now. And then going like, and, and like saying a bunch of stuff that I understood as like true, uh, like, Hey, I actually would like to not be a dope slave <laughs> my entire life. That does suck. And was not part of the plan. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like being, uh, a homeless person uh, who's just uh, a homeless junkie is never really part of the plan. You kind of think you can you can uh, wield uh, this giant, uh, you know, the the ring, uh, yeah, but uh, the ring of power cannot mm-hmm. be wield- wielded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to throw it into the fires of Mount Doom, as right. we all know. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, twelve uh, cent meetings did it for me. I mean, it, it, everyone's got to go through their own thing, but the best thing you can do is like, uh, you know, try to introduce them to, uh, you know, try to, you know, get them to go to meetings and um, get them to see uh, more consequences to their actions. Hopefully, they've seen all the consequences and they've hit bottom. But it's really hard. It's really hard. I would say for your own personal health and well-being uh everyone has a different bottom that's the thing everyone does have a different bottom some people are more (laughs) i've tasted a lot of bottoms and i'll tell you they're all very different special snowflakes they're all brown but they're all beautiful (laughs) um no uh uh i would say for your own well-being al-anon is really good there's a it's a got a it's a really good not just place for your own personal uh mental health but also good resources and good tips for like how to kind of like realize that you got to live your own life too uh yeah that's what i would say how to ride that dragon well how to not be uh codependent and, yeah and and yeah exactly yeah uh as gross as the one-way mirror podcast friend thing is i do want to say this matt seems like a kind funny eccentric man he seems a lot like my brother Knowing that Matt got better and that he got back to being a kind, funny, eccentric man has been one of the few sources of hope I've found in all this. That's, Wacky sign-off. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so do all that. Um, you should have another email in there. Do you have one from a guy named Jordan? I do. Yeah, your, your, your video? 
What video? What are you talking about? <laughs> that was a the, surprise. Uh, the, uh, the 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 slip and slide. Yeah. Video. So you already saw it. Yeah, I did. He you wanted, guys all partied without me, and I hate it. He wanted uh, you to. Well, I mean, I guess I just. Uh, it's just not very like. It's not very no, audio oriented. No, it sure isn't. Uh, but it's a it, good video. Yeah, so I'll post it with the with the podcast. Basically, what happened? What happened was uh, I got hit up by Bobby Hacker, and he said this guy uh, called in or he wrote in and had a uh, a question about a slip and slide, which apparently I missed. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, he was like, I want to make this video where we ride the slip and slide and I want a cameo by Bobby Hacker and Matt Lieb. And let me tell you, uh, when the biggest celebrities that you have <laughs> making cameos <laughs> in your video are Bobby Hacker and Matt Lieb, well, it's gonna be a weird video and a weird time. <laughs> I had a good, a good time. Video. It was it's pretty. It's pretty weird when you like see a video with a bunch of people that you know in it, and you're like, "How the hell did you get pulled out?" That off? was the thing. It was like that. Yeah, uh, uh, he knew Bobby. Bobby knew me, and then uh, and then we did it. And he, and and it was it was framed as a prank. And Bobby's dog Stedman was there, and Stedman is uh, is a king. Yeah. Even though he bit me when I tried to touch his weird dew claw. Well, I shouldn't try to touch the dog's dew claw yeah. without asking. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so yeah, Jordan, uh, he watched the video. Was that Brandon Stroud in there too, or did I? Yes. Did I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Gotta give. I, I don't know who all. Up rock shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I, and they make the best barbecue, and it was really yeah. good. Okay. And and then you haven't tasted my barbecue, bitch. I've, I feel like I haven't. You're no, right. I haven't. Uh, anyway, we've gone. We went long tonight. How how long did we? Bernsey, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm sorry that we kept you so long. I know you got like trees to tend to and marks to make. I I will get through this and <laughs> get through it because of you guys. Yeah, we, you will. You, if you just go to Fraudanon, they have a lot of resources for you. Mm-hmm. Go to Fraudanon, uh, Matt. You, you want to? You know what gets me through a hurricane? What's that? The comedy of Dan Ninen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. he's it's just so good. I mean, because he's clean. Hurricanes mm-hmm. are dirty. Dan Nine's clean, you know. Exactly. Um, if you want to uh, check out more of uh, Dan Nine's comedy, um, there's a YouTube channel called Comedian Destroys. Uh, check out Comedian Destroys and uh, watch uh, some of the amazing sets that he has done on there. Have we ever played any audio from Comedian Destroys? Well, we'll yeah, do. Yeah, we did. We we'll did. do it next time. We uh, did. We've we already did. done it. So, anyways, uh, yeah, check that out, Dan Nine. Uh, take us on out of here. What me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm Brandon, and uh, we want to. Uh, what's the Google Voice number, Vince? Uh, two seven five zero four one five two seven five zero zero three zero. Frogcast at gmail dot com. Bernsey, thank you so much for coming in. Turn this plane around, Bernsey. He's there. Okay. I love you guys. Okay, cool. Love cool. you too, buddy. Well, until next time, good night and eat the beans. Cool. Cool, cool. cool.